Hello and welcome to another episode of Lady Do You Remember This? It's me, Darlene, your host as always. And today I have a very exciting guest. Um, she is the creator of the very popular YouTube channel um, where they do deep dives on the early 2000s. So, you know, it's, it's like this podcast, but with a feast for the eyes. Mila Tequila, which Hello. is her, her God-given name. Hello, how are you? <laughs> that's what, yep, that's what my mother named me. Right out of the womb, Miss Tequila. She was, she was a huge Tila Tequila fan and she, she needed to carry on the legacy. Of course. You are a Gen Z queen, right? Some might say. Some might say. You are, I would, you are definitely the youngest person that I've had on this podcast. So I want your like young person <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm so old and decrepit. Um, <laughs> Your young person, my nana. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I want your young person perspective on the the new early two thousands craze, as it were. Like, how? Why did you decide to do your YouTube channel on deep dives on the early two thousands? Like, what inspired you about this era? Me personally, like, I get it from my dad. I'm a huge phase person. I go through phases like nobody's business. And <laughs> in high school, I was in a huge '90s phase. Like, I only listened to Blink One Eighty Two exclusively, and no doubt, exclusively. Like, those are the only people I was listening to for two solid years of my life. And then. I just feel like the 2000s was such a natural progression from that. I When I graduated high school, I started watching um, Laguna Beach religiously. It was pretty much all I watched. And I was just so obsessed. And I started trying to dress. This was in 2018. So I was like trying to dress really 2000s. I was like wearing the camisoles and stuff. <laughs> and I, I was telling my mom just yesterday, I was like, I feel like I'm clairvoyant or something. Everything that I start vibing with becomes the next big trend. It's just, it's very weird. It, but I mean, I'm not going to, obviously I didn't start anything, but <laughs> I was, and then it was just so weird. I saw all these people making 2000s content and I was like, no one talks about Lindsay Lohan. And I was researching her so much just to tell my friend about it. And then I was like, I need to put this information on the internet. So were you a a fan of Lindsay? Because I mean, uh, the tail end of her relevancy was when you were, when you were Mm -hmm. young. So like what attracted you to her? I grew up loving her movies. Me and my mom, every, she was always off on Fridays. We always watched Freaky Friday together after school. It was our thing. I was obsessed with Lindsay Lohan, but I didn't, that's, kind of what sparked my interest was because she had kind of fallen off so quickly when I was growing up. I was, I never really got to know what happened because I wasn't old enough to really be reading tabloids either. But I, I did know about the famous photo of her passed out in Sam Ronson's car. I did see that, but (laughs) but that's pretty much all I knew was like, she went from being iconic and freaky Friday and then she just kind of disappeared. And then I saw that photo and I was just like, what happened to her? Wow. That's so interesting. I never thought about that the this younger generation completely missed all of the tabloid yeah. stories so you guys are just rediscover or discovering this decade but you there's like a blind spot it seems like like i, I do you think there's a blind spot with paris hilton oh 100% i tweeted about this a couple of days ago i think um she you know I think everyone is a complex person that's kind of mm-hmm. what i started my channel to do is show nuance in people that I feel like 
are perceived as being flat characters that just do bad, 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 and no one ever likes them or gives them a break. But Paris Hilton is certainly a unique specimen. She has this insane power to rewrite history. Yes, for some she reason. does. Yes. And she's rewritten herself into this like savior, hero, crusader. And I think it doesn't take a lot of research at all to really find out that, that is not the case and has not really been the case up until literally, I think like two years ago, she didn't start even trying this. Like she was still getting caught doing scandalous things in like 2015 and not apologizing for it herself and having her publicist apologize for her as recent as not even five years ago. Exactly. I And people grow, people can change, but she hasn't mm-hmm. done that she hasn't had that much time to grow and change. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff too. It's not, and it's crazy how well she's covered it up, I suppose. But I mean, I'm all for her current movement with taking down those schools, 100%, especially with the stuff that bad baby's saying now about one of those places, the um, turnabout ranch, like all that stuff, obviously, like she speak, speak loudly about that. But It's just I do find it very fascinating how she's been able to completely clean her slate of every wrongdoing ever. Yeah, Yeah, I I completely agree that what she I'm glad that she's getting into a cause. But um, and I think it's a very worthy one. But, you know, she I mean, even just the um, the night she had with Lindsay and Brittany, um, bimbo summit. She said multiple times that, that Lindsay crashed that evening. I hate that. Um, but there's, there's video evidence that speaks otherwise. She did not. It speaks otherwise. Whenever I posted my original video, I'm assuming my very first video was about that. And I'm assuming that there were a lot of people who didn't make it all the way through the video to get to the point where I mentioned that. And so many comments said, didn't Lindsay crash that night? I'm pretty sure Paris said that Lindsay wasn't invited. Oh yeah. Lindsay just jumped in the photo. Like she, Paris didn't ever wanted her to hang out with her and her friends, but Lindsay used to always just show up. I was like, can you guys just listen? That's literally not true. I'm like, that's what she would want you to believe. Well, and she said, yeah, she said on Andy Cohen's serious XM radio show that she crashed, but she says that like, I swear, like every six months she says, Oh, Lindsay crashed that night. But then Lindsay was on Andy's show and he asked her about it. And she was like, who cares that happened like a decade ago? (laughs) Exactly. And it's, this is, and then Lindsay still like people never, I mean, there's a lot of, she's done a lot of unfortunate things as well, especially recently, especially, you know, her accent and yeah, all those videos that have come out. But so people don't take her seriously because of those things. And they just instantly want to connect with Paris Hilton because she's like this champion queen Y2K that yeah. like runs everything. And they see, they just think Lindsay's just disgusting and washed up. And so they don't even want to listen when she's like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, do you think that, We'll ever see a, a Lindsay comeback. Hmm. I want. I really want to say yes, and I think Lindsay is wants to do it. Yeah, but I feel like people talk a big game when they want something to come back, but then when the time comes and it might possibly get released, they don't have the same energy towards it, and they might not actually go and see it. Yeah, I think that's but, true too. Yeah, 
But I think right now would be the perfect time. If ever was there was a time for a comeback, I think right now. Yeah. When she's at her peak, most relevant, like we have to, we have to get her in there before suddenly, um, everyone's talking about the 2010s and we've just mm-hmm. moved into the, <laughs> we missed it. <laughs> we just missed our window of opportunity. <laughs> like I think, I think a lot of people, I saw, did see a lot of comments on my video that were like, I'd love to see her in something more mature, like a, you know, like a crime piece or something like that. And on my Amanda video, people even come to me like, I'd love to see Lindsay and Amanda on something together, like working on like something like a gritty show together. And then, but it's like, you also have to take into consideration the fact that that is like a super toxic environment to be in, especially when you're in yeah. recovery. Yeah. I don't think yeah. we'll ever see um, in a Amanda Lindsay tag team situation because that would be a very difficult movie to get insured. <laughs> In a perfect, in a perfect universe. So we are going to be talking about the girls next door and we're going to be recapping an episode. But first I wanted to see what was your awareness of the girls next door back in the day? Cause you must've been really young when that was actually on TV. I was, but luckily for me, my mom loves trashy television. Perfect. I watched a lot of Girls Next Door as a kid. I watched a lot of Simple Life. Those are two shows I remember watching a hell of a lot of as a kid. And I was just telling my mom yesterday when I was telling her that we were going to be watching this show for the podcast, I was telling her about my memory of Girls Next Door. And I remember when I was a kid, we went to this fair and they had a Playboy pillow on the one of one of the little things you could win for the game, and I was like, "Oh my god, mom, I want to win the Playboy pillow because <laughs> I loved the show." And she like she made me feel so embarrassed, like she dunked on me in front of everyone. Was like, "Oh, that's weird. Like, why do you say that?" <laughs> and I was so embarrassed and just thinking about. It, I was like, "I will never forgive you for that." Yeah, I I remember being such a big deal to get your Playboy bunny necklace <laughs> and your paraphernalia, but I feel like little girls didn't have an awareness of. Yeah. Like it was a weird place for it to be on television. And like, I didn't connect it with a, you know, like a nudie magazine. I just knew that it was like, oh, these pretty girls are on TV and they all like a little bunny thing. Did you have any sort of awareness of the nature of the relationship between the girls and Hef? I had no clue. I didn't know about that until I got older and I had rewatched it when I was in high school. And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess that makes a lot more sense. I don't know what I really thought it was. I I think I thought that they were like models that all lived there together. I was in my mid teens when it came out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even being that old, I didn't truly understand the nature of their relationship because I kind of thought I knew that they were supposed to be his girlfriends, but I think a lot of people thought that it was a publicity thing and it was just like grandpa and they Mm -hmm. lived down, down the hall. (laughs) (laughs) Like they did. Yeah. Like that's I feel like a lot of people think that it was just they, they just say that for TV and that's not really how it is. Did you have any particular girl that you really um, identified with? Kendra. I loved Kendra as a kid. Looking back, uh, I would probably say Bridget. But when I was a kid, Kendra, I, I really resonated with her messy room. <laughs> OK, so we're going to be recapping season four, episode 13. This was season five. This is all it is season five. Of the this is season five? Yeah, this is four. Well, they put it in four for DVD, but it was really season five, like as far as airing. Oh, I see, I see. It wasn't even. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. And this was the one that, that aired singly because it just yeah, came like out in August. August. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And right. my face cleared up. That's how I know. <laughs> Where the girls 
shoot a cameo for the house bunny, the movie, the house bunny. The movie is about a girl who is one of Hess' girlfriends at the mansion and thinks she's been kicked out of the mansion. Have you seen this movie? Magnificent movie. Yes. I've seen it many times. I watched it recently and I got to say, I think it does for the most part hold up. Yeah. It, it, it aged well. It aged pretty well. I would say the only thing that, um, didn't feel authentic to me is how nice Hef was to um, <laughs> Anna Ferris's character. Yes, when she's leaving, yeah. All right, so we open the episode with Hef, Holly, Kendra, and Bridget in Hef's bed to watch an old movie. It's kind of just apropos of nothing as far as the rest of the episode goes. It's just, it's, it seems like old footage that they had that they didn't know what to do with i think this episode might have been shot over the course of several months i hated this one it came out because we shot it like a year before it filmed a year before it aired and you know how you look back on like old footage of yourself and you're like gross i would never wear my hair like that now yeah so i remember like when this first aired i was like i hate that episode yes so the episode starts with them filming or finding out that they're going to be filming Mm-hmm. in the house bunny then they film then they do adr and then all of a sudden the movie's out yeah <laughs> so I was, the, when i was i was reading the imdb thing i was trying to see if there were any goofs and I've, <laughs> I've noticed that i was like wait this episode goes for like there's so many different things put into one episode just i guess for continuity's sake but it just made that probably made for such a weird editing yeah apparently they used to kind of do that a lot because some sometimes they would make an episode and they'd realize like, we don't have enough content for this. (laughs) So they would just mush together a bunch of scenes they never used that are all kind of like the same theme, like an episode where Gizmo's getting brushed and uh, (laughs) Holly is with a monkey and it's just actually shot from all different times. Yeah. So they must've done that. They had to have done that for this. This, they didn't finish a movie in a week. (laughs) Um, but so the, they open up, they're in Hef's bed and they're watching an old movie called Madam X, which was filmed at the Playboy Mansion. And I want to know, did you notice the stacks and stacks of magazines at the foot of Hef's bed? I unfortunately noticed everything in house room. His whole house, that whole house is disgusting to me. All that money and the interior of that house is atrocious. It's disgusting. And the crazy thing is he didn't really let anyone clean it. Never. I read Holly's book that she'd come out with. It's called Down the Rabbit Hole. And she said that like the, cause everything was carpeted. It's kind of furnished like the inside of a boat and everything is carpet. And there was just dog urine in all the carpets everywhere all the time. And it just stank. And yeah. And she also said in her book that when a new girl would move into one of the other bedrooms, they would get a new carpet, but it always had to be white, (laughs) which you guys, if you got dogs, why would they do that? I don't know. It's just something (laughs) it, it, I guess half liked everything the same always so it's just because it was that once it had to be that again you think you think if you were someone with such low standards of cleanliness you'd know that you wouldn't be able to maintain a white carpet (laughs) so we just watch them you know 
watch this movie. And they're like, that's what the Playboy Mansion used to look like. <laughs> End of scene. <laughs> watch them create exposition for the rest of this episode. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I guess it's just a difficult episode to to do because nothing is continuous. So they just have to have people. Yeah, they were like, hmm, how can we connect to this? Everyone get together and watch another movie that was once filmed at the same location. <laughs> the next scene, they're downstairs and Mary, Hef's longtime secretary, tells the girls that Adam Sandler is shooting a movie at the mansion and wants them to be in it. She gives them the script and she's like, it's like the house, I don't know, Bunny, something like that. <laughs> As if she's not sure. Expert line delivery. Truly expert line delivery. Mary is Mary's an MVP. What did you what did you think about Mary? Mary was the glue. Mary held that mm-hmm. house together. <laughs> I think everything would have gone to hell if if those if that staff was not there. I don't know if Hef would get ever get from point A to point B without her. Never. She was it's crazy how much of a role the like staff of the house played in the show. But I can imagine they probably played an even larger part in their actual lives of keeping everything going smoothly if they had to be that big of a portion of the show. It has to be when, you know, Mary and his other secretary, you know, they lived down the hall from or didn't live, but they worked down the hall from where Hef slept. Like that's a very intertwined group of employees. Um, do you think Mary was in love with Hef on any level? Ooh. Hmm. I've never considered that. I suppose it could be a possibility. I mean, she was married to Captain Bob, um, which we oh, right. we see him a couple times throughout the series. But I've always wondered if Mary was in love with Hef because she just put up with so much with that man. <laughs> and he never managed to, like, give her a title promotion she was always just his secretary that is i haven't ever really thought about that that is really weird god bless mary who knows what the nature of that relationship was at one point who knows if she ever went to the parties with him definitely well she also used to for a very long time help him procure women i'm yeah so she was very invested in his sex life which mary 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 quite contrary (laughs) okay mary popping the lewds (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) she's gotta have one of those thigh openers (laughs) so when she gives them the script they're thumbing through it and they see that one of them has a line about how they're they're gonna have a whipped cream pillow fight and bridget and kendra get pissed because everyone everyone assumes that we have, that we have whipped cream pillow fights and we don't which oh, the four things the injustice the injustice <laughs> so then the filming starts it's just like the silliest scene by scene of absolutely nothing holly sees the animals that are going to be in the movie because there's um, a cat that's basically p- playing uh, bridget's cat And then Bridget um, goes to craft services. And I would say this has to be um, one of the reasons why I loved Bridget so much, just how excited she would get over food. (laughs) She got excited over absolutely everything. And that's why I really like, like when I rewatched the show, I really loved Bridget. I just felt like she was so positive about everything and Holly especially had a tendency to like complain and get worked up about basically everything that the other girls were doing. But I felt like Bridget was always so invested in whatever little 
project she was working on or whatever was going on for her that she didn't even have the time and she was always just so excited and giddy about the smallest things she was so adorable yeah she was so cute I mean you guys should see her um, when she discovers uh, the salad like she's just like picking through what looks like an olive garden salad and she's like oh look at this oh my look at this bread (laughs) truly seeing the world through like a child's eyes it's beautiful she's a national treasure um and then kendra goes on set and she meets anna ferris but apparently she's already met anna and she does not recognize her at all that is not the first time in the series that kendra does not have any idea who a very recognizable celebrity is Kendra was a ditz and a half. <laughs> There's a, have you ever seen that clip where she's like, you know, they're not just the help. They're people too. She was actually very close with them. She would always she be. Was. A- she was always with them, especially with uh, Mary. But we see Anna in her costume. And I just think that the house bunny costumes are truly second to none. Um, what do you think about, about the costumes? I uh, love it. I love the way it, that's. I think I I went and rewatched this movie whenever I was rewatching the show in high school because of this episode. And I went and watched it and I was just so obsessed. Like they did it so perfectly. I feel like it's so easy to like tackify, you know, making a character that's supposed to be like a bimbo character. So I think they did it so well and then they were able to still make it cute. And it was kind of, an accurate portrayal of how they dressed, at least on the show. And I loved it. And I loved the character transformations for all the girls that she, you know, transformed into hot girls. I loved the way all those turned out. I wonder if we're going to be um, seeing a lot of Anna Ferris's um, for Halloween this year. Ooh, I think there's going to be a lot of Y2K costumes in general. There, there definitely Especially is. Especially with the amount of, like, since, you know, quarantine's ending and things are opening back up and there's going to be so many parties. I can imagine that a lot of themes will be Y2K. Oh, definitely. I'm ready for it, baby. I'm vaxxed up. I'm going to dress up as Paris Hilton in her sex tape, okay? I'm just <laughs> Like, I need to get out there. <laughs> so then the next scene, the girls are getting ready for the shoot. And this whole scene is just them in each of their rooms in bikinis, foiling themselves up with <laughs> with just rock music behind them. It's hilarious to watch this and then see how minimal of a role they played in the film. Yes. They're in it, it for like a, a millisecond. It is shock. I, I guess they must have cut some stuff, but... Definitely. I wonder how much they shot and how much got in there, but... And like, I remember that they they show them standing there and Hef's like, hey, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, Holly, I don't think Holly's line um, in that pool scene where she goes, um, she always looks amazing. They were all so bad at delivering lines. And like, they did another cameo, I think it was for Scary Movie, one of, one of them. Yeah. And every line delivery they've I've ever done on that show, they always do it so poorly. Yeah, I think there's something in Holly's book where she's talking, I think it was a scary movie, but they've done a couple other cameos as well. But she's talking about how Kedra had like one line and they had to spend like 
a full hour <laughs> trying to get that one line out. She's like the person you don't pass to in popcorn reading. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then they they go on to their next scene at, where they're filming in the Great Hall. And of course, Kendra gets bored because when you film something, you're standing around for about 90% of it, just waiting for people to move lights and move cameras. Um, so she just goes and visits Mary and just like body rolls in her face. <laughs> and then they actually film the next scene. And I, I think like Holly really improved from scene one to scene two with her line delivery personally. Oh yeah. It, 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 it definitely got better. They had some, they had some coaching in between scenes for sure. I think the the director got in there, got his hands dirty. <laughs> Several hours of intensive line reading training. And then Hef does his little scene where he's just sitting on a bed with four pints of empty strawberry ice cream containers, but they're all perfectly arranged, standing straight up. I just found that very odd. Is the insinuation that he ate them all or that they were involved in some kind of like sex thing? Like what is, I think the insinuation is that he ate them all because then the end of the scene is like, I'll just take more ice cream. And it's like, there are five empty containers. You're an old man, like, like toilet rest in peace. Exactly. You, <laughs> you can't handle this. You are not 20 anymore. Is that like a, is, what is that like some kind of known fact about Hugh Hefner that he loves ice cream or something? Or are they like trying to make him into like a, this lovable bear? Like what, what is that? I, th- I think Hef did like ice cream and he was into strawberries. So that must've been one of the like seven foods that he <laughs> would eat. Well, that reference, I, I guess, is will be the only thing that doesn't age well. One of the only things from this movie that doesn't age well. Yes. Yeah. I, I think they might have overestimated Hugh Hefner's star power. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Oh, so Hef and Holly, the next, like, they have a scene together after they've, they've finished filming. Everyone's packed up. They've gone home. And Hef and Holly are just, like, in his closet. So we are wrapped. We are wrapped. We got so used to the film crew, the house is going to feel a little lonely now. Well, that was a lot of fun. They made it easy. I know. They made it easy. I can't wait to see it. I got to lay around in bed all day and eat ice cream. Yeah. We should have a screening. Oh, yes. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. What was your impression of these two individuals talking to each other one-on-one? Their whole relationship was so... She took the main girlfriend thing so seriously, which, you know, I guess that's her world. So that's Mm -hmm. that probably is the most important thing to her in her world. But it's like from the outside looking in, it seems so bizarre to be one of three girlfriends and to find such importance in being the main one that gets to sleep in him in his room with him in his dirty pee stained room (laughs) with him. I felt like that scene was it felt like two people who barely ever talked to each other, like trying to pretend to have any kind of intimacy. Their relationship dynamic on camera was so, it was kind of like that with all the girls though. Like every time they would do something romantic for them, for him, a time that comes to mind is his birthday party. They all would do something special for him and they all got their own little special gifts 
And I remember one of them, I think it might, it was probably Holly. Maybe it was Kendra though. Did the the old Hollywood movie poster. Oh my God. That was Kendra. Yes. And just like the big reveal for him, like their interactions were so awkward and I, they did have that like grandpa that lives down the street kind of like, <laughs> like energy between each other. It was so weird. Like I never, it was, that's a, which I think is part of the reason why I didn't understand the girlfriend situation was because they never act like people who are romantically involved. Yeah. It, it all, you're totally right. It does just feel like a, your grandpa situation and not even like a grandpa that you have a close relationship. It's yeah. like when you have a grandpa that you see like twice a year or you see him at the nursing home and you're just like, Hey, like I've worked at, <laughs> I worked at Twin Peaks and Hooters and that is like the same vibe as like the male managers. <laughs> it's that same energy and rapport of just like talking to a male manager and you're just like making small talk, but also your like boobs are out. <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone's trying to keep it above board because <laughs> your boobs are out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that does paint a picture. It does. But yeah, it, and I always wondered, you know, of course, Kendra and Bridget had the least amount of intimacy, I think with him (laughs) because they didn't share a room. But I just wonder when Hef and Holly were alone, when it's just the two of them in bed, what was that little interaction in the closet? Just them being on camera and feeling uncomfortable or was that how they were you know in bed saying goodnight to each other hopefully it was just on camera because I mean Holly's gone back now and said you know exposed the details of their relationship and said that all that glittered was not gold which I mean it was not really glittering in that scene but (laughs) no she she's talked she's talked about how like their relationship was really nothing and it was like this but it kind of feels like they did have the relationship of boss and employee and that was just her job was to be his main girlfriend yeah such a strange situation to be in I I wish I could have been a fly on top of the dog poop in that room okay so the the next the next part is they go to sony studios so half can do adr and then we just like watch an old man do voiceover for the movie i went went back to watch that scene to see if you could tell that it was adr and it's so obvious the voice is giving so much emotion and the face is giving this is the 30th time i've repeated this sentence on camera today and it's hot outside and I'm wearing a robe. I would I have to watch that scene again now too because I was I was noticing how the um the producer who is also an actor in a lot of Adam Sandler's movies um giving half direction and he was talking to him as if half was a child and it also felt like he was kind of afraid to say anything critical to have and like Uh, he's probably he's probably the type of person who has like his people reach out to them in advance and is like you can't do this or this or this don't breathe near him eat a breath mint before you come in the room oh definitely (laughs) (laughs) well when hef said is like talking about um how anna's character is going to be in the pictorial and she's going to tour europe and he's gonna work he says we're gonna end in Monaco and then all the girls start laughing hysterically I honestly like clenched my butt 
like worried he was about to snap around and like call them a bitch. Oh, he was thinking it. He was, I feel like they got back into that car when that was done and he just ripped them one. Oh, I'm sure. He's like, if I call it Monaco, it's Monaco. It's fucking Monaco. I can't imagine being rich and so probably, I mean, I don't know that much about him, but I'm sure well-traveled and not knowing how to pronounce Monaco. Well, they have an episode where they go to Monaco and I think the entire episode, he calls it Monaco. (laughs) Oh God, he's just one of those old people. He's just an an old man. Old geezer. Um, And then they go to the office of the Happy Madison Productions and they see Anna Faris and she like comes out as if the lead actress of any movie is just always like hanging out at the production office. Like it's a student film. He helped edit it. But I, I love Anna's interactions with everyone because then the next, the next scene she's back and they're (laughs) doing a screening of the movie and she comes out. I just feel like she's so uncomfortable she's acting she's acting it does feel like another sort of um like hooters waitress talking to (laughs) of course and like hef coming in for this kiss every time he sees her he he did that all the time like i it's so crazy they always i mean if if you watch the episodes with his old girlfriends there's an episode where they invite a bunch of the old um yes like centerfolds or something to the house to have dinner and he kisses all of them right on the mouth (sighs) and i'm like he's such a big kisser he's such a big kisser and you know no no thought to the fact that I'm sure all of these um, women have husbands. He's like, I'm different. Um, and then it just closes out screening the movie in the movie theater at the mansion. And I've never seen Hef laugh so hard at something <laughs> in any other part of the show. It's like that story of um, people have said about Ice Cube where he doesn't ever laugh and then someone caught him laughing and he was watching Friday. It's like he only <laughs> thinks his, his his own jokes are funny. It's not even a joke that he wrote. He just said it. That's exactly it. Hef is just so tickled that he was in this movie. So everything was 100% funnier. He was ready for the third revolution of his um, girlfriend's cycle so he could sit in bed with them at the beginning of an episode and do exposition <laughs> about the next movie where they watch House Bunny. Exactly. <laughs> Oh man. I mean, I'm glad that he could memorize the lines though. He, he at least got them out. Kudos kudos to him for that big time. He's got a sharp mind, I guess, (laughs) even at 82 at that point. (laughs) Gosh. Do you have any parting shots on, on the girls next door, the series, the episode? Well, I think this episode in particular, it's a great look at each of them individually. I feel like this, this one and the birthday episode, I feel like are both great looks at all of them individually. Yeah. Because acting is such a vulnerable position to put your, put yourself in. (laughs) And then they're all doing it quite poorly, might I say. And it's caught on camera for all of us, especially half acting is just hilarious. So bad. And also I've read so many things, um, He's tried to put himself in stuff throughout his entire career. Like he had, <laughs> he had um, Playboy After Dark, which was the show in the sixties. It was just like, oh, welcome to my penthouse. Hey, I'm Hef. These are all my friends. And like, <laughs> Bill Cosby would do some stand up, and like someone would sing and they'd dance, and he would host the whole thing. And he was so bad at it 
and everyone knew that he was, but he was just like, I have to, I have to do this. He was, he was obsessed with being in the circle. I also have to say episodes like this, like that, that last scene where they're watching the movie in the little movie theater thing every time they do one of those things where they're like ending their night it always makes their life in the mansion look so much more bleak to me than i had perceived it before like they they'll do all these things where they're like oh we're going out tonight we're going to party and then they'll go to the club and then they'll be like we're back home it's 9 p.m and we're (laughs) gonna go lay in bed and watch a movie i'm like god like that sounds like a terrible day they all just trudge upstairs and they're like (laughs) Bye, honey. And they go to bed. And I imagine they just close the door and cry. <laughs> like, now we're going to go watch a 1960s film from, from our boyfriend's prime. Kendra, I don't know how Kendra got through those movies. Anything for the money. You, you got to be a hustler, baby. You got to hustle. Truly. They all, they all have to have, like, the most hustler mindset. They really do. And Holly and Bridget always kind of would say that they didn't like, oh, we, we're not here for the money. Mm-hmm. Like, like those other girls. And I'm like, babies, there's no way, no way you can say it. And it's okay because I hope you're there for the money. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would put me at peace. Honestly, exactly. <laughs> that would put me at peace because I don't, the alternative is something I don't want to think about. <laughs> um, Mila Tequila, this was a, a true delight. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? I'm on YouTube under Mila Tequila. I'm on Twitter at Mila Tequila YT, as in YouTube. And I'm on Instagram as Mila Tequila. So Mila T-E-Q-U-I dot L-A. Are you, are you on TikTok? Technically, Yes, I do not post on there. I and everything that's on there is just clips of my videos. But if anyone is interested in seeing those, it's Bimbo Summit, but it's spelled B I M B zero Summit. I mean, listen, you put so much work into those those YouTube videos. I cannot imagine you having to post three TikToks <laughs> a day on top of it. Or just doing dances. Um, well, this was so much fun. Thank you for for doing this with me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, Okay, you guys, you know, you know where you can find me. They do. You remember this on Instagram, on Twitter uh, and on TikTok. But same with Mila. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, what? follow me and I'll I'll start posting. Okay, you know, I got all the time in the world. Yeah, you follow you follow me, then maybe I'll post. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's how we do it. It's a little quid pro quo. (laughs) Give and take. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, by the way, one more thing. I wanted to thank Lauren Edwards for recording and sending me the DVD commentary that I used in this episode. Thanks, Lauren. You're the best. Bye.